No one will be admitted after the guests check in. Supermodel and a serial killer, that's how they got their names. Twiggy Ramirez. Mm -hmm. Wait, you knew that? Tell me you knew that. <laughs> oh, you don't know about the you history of You know I didn't Manson? know that. Why do you have to ply me? I'm sorry. Alright, should we do a non-aggression pack to start this episode? I feel like we're starting tense. Okay. Everybody kiss. Well, never mind. Oh. Um. It just got even more tense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sexually. There we go. Alright. Okay. Let's get started. Let's get started. Um, welcome to Motel Hell. Mm. I'm Alexa. Garvey. Flex, Alexa! Resident tall woman. Most hilarious of the group. Consensus has been brought in. All of our that. Instagram mm -hmm. quizzes started by you and voted on by you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you close the polls right after you vote. We don't even get to vote. My story's one second long. It's up for one second. Somebody voted, yes, I am most hilarious and handsome boy. <laughs> <laughs> to my left is Ben the Beardo, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Captain Stabbin, mm -hmm. a.k.a. The Professor, a.k.a. Long Limbs Magoo. I'm actually into that, yeah. <laughs> but your limbs are stubby. Not not all of my limbs. <laughs> is the penis a limb? It's, it is. It's if it's long enough, it's it's ruddy, I think, though, more than... Yeah, because, like, I mean, I can... I've steered boats with it. Mm. That's not true. It is true. I'm going to prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. I'm not going to. Go get a boat. Yeah. <laughs> to my right... Your boat gently down the stream. Take row, row, row cream, your boat cream, cream, down, lay down the stream. That's how the song sounds. Are you gonna sing over my song? That's that's, that's how, how you goes. do row, row, row your boat. Singing. Uh, you sing to one man while he rows a boat alone <laughs> to a grave. <laughs> a watery grave. Big Fatty. Doy. Only nickname that he has. No, no, he's also God. Yeah. I God. don't acknowledge that nickname as fact. Okay, that doesn't you don't have to. Alright, you Just it. because you don't acknowledge God doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm. Boom. Okay. You just got godded. <laughs> Tonight we're <laughs> talking about um a lot of weird medical shit. Uh we all picked something different that we're gonna get into. I really like the one I picked, I think it's fun. Um can't speak for the other two. But first we'll get into our movie review. What did we watch tonight? You guess you do. <laughs> No, Ben can tell him. I'm going <laughs> to look up the pertinent dates and director name. What we watch? watched an anime feature film known as Wicked City. Ooh. Now, <laughs> I only caught the second half of the film. Yeah, the second two, uh, the, the last two-thirds. last two-thirds of the film. Um, I'm not much of an anime gal myself, okay. so I don't think I should. Except for JoJo. I do like JoJo. I like JoJo a lot. Um... But I, I don't think I could give the best review, as I'm not super into the genre. Um, parts of it were very disturbing. It was pretty cool, though, in some parts, also. Very well animated. Is it? To say the least. Yeah, I mean, especially for, uh, I mean, it is an anime movie, but... Ova. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, so I have the remastered 
special edition DVD, which is still, you can tell it's Nova because it's in standard format, but it's not even widescreen. Now, what does that mean? Uh, Ova. So, uh, original video animation. Okay. So, Ovas are like, they do them for manga where they don't want to run a TV show, they'll just put them out on video. Okay. So, it's like shorter amount of episodes or they can do like just specific things with it. They use them for all sorts of stuff, but it's kind of, if you're into anime, like Tenchi Muyo, for example, there's the Ova and then there's the TV show and they're different. Mm. And... So and ovas tend to stick more with the manga than um, animes do for the most part. Yeah, because they don't have to release them on a schedule like a normal TV show. But uh, yeah, so this movie was directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. It's from 1987. He's a famous director. This was his debut film. It totally rules. Uh, he did Demon City Shinjuku after that. Goku Midnight Eye, Cyber City Oedo 808, Ninja Scroll. Mm. Ninja Scroll, which Ninja is seminal mid-90s. Like, if you are our age and grew up and had any interest in anime, then you saw Ninja Scroll. Mm. You saw all sorts of sex stuff. You saw ninjas with all sorts of different cool powers. You got to learn a little bit about a totally changed version of a classic Japanese, like, sort of hero saga, folktale kind of a thing, mm. and see a bunch of boobies. So that was a really good movie. That that movie's really good. And um, also he did the Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, which is the better of the two Vampire Hunter D movies, I agree. honestly. I wholeheartedly agree. Is, that movie is gorgeously animated, gorgeously soundtracked, mm -hmm. and totally rules all the way around. And it's Vampire Hunter D, so cool by default. You probably really like that, actually. Well, yeah. What was your favorite part of this movie tonight? Ooh. Oh, man. Well, we, wa we watched it... I watched it for the first time with you... A while ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Year and, a half ago. and the whole movie opens up with like this strapping, super tall gentleman, and he's at a bar and he's he's hitting on this lady and he's oddly oddly tan. Yeah, very tan, almost. Um, he he's brown in color for parts of the movie, which is a little strange. Mm. But uh, he's at this bar and he's trying to smooth on this lady and he's talking to the bartender and they go back to her place and. She's already wearing like sexy lingerie and Ooh, just starts blowing yeah. right away. And he's like, he's like, I didn't think that you know there were these kind of women out there, but I have no right to complain. There are worse things, which I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. most things are worse than a blowjob. Yeah. but fine. Um, you didn't know there were sluts. Yeah, I got. I mean, which by the way, is a term made by men to shame women about their sexuality. So good usage. Just so you know, sluts are awesome. Sluts are awesome. Everybody likes to come. Anyway, speaking about coming, he bangs his chick, <laughs> Jasm's insider, which, you know, poor decision for someone who's a secret agent, but whatever. Well, he's a secret agent. He can keep a secret, like, who he really is and what his phone number is. You know what doesn't keep a secret? <laughs> a child out of wedlock. Yeah, anyway. but I mean, how's she going to track down the government to be agent? fair, Arnold Schwarzenegger hit his love kid for, like, 16 years. He never have a love kid. What are you talking about? Yes, he did. No. <laughs> he very obviously did. Okay, I disagree. <laughs> what about the proof? I reject your reality and substitute my own. Yeah, thank you. Okay, hey. Anyway, Wicked City. So, yeah, um, that, like, because I, I, I really had well, no wait, 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 but you just missed the whole good part of that. Well, let, me, let me, let me, let me get there. Okay. So I never seen this movie. I didn't know what I was in, in, you know, in for. And then, uh, you know, they finished bagging and he... 
he shoots his, his ropes and he's lying there on top of her and all of a sudden she smiles and her legs get all weird and wonky and grow around him and then like clamp onto him and she grows teeth out of her vagina and I'm like, I'm fucking uh, in it, let's do this. That's your favorite part. She tries to chomp off his peen. Yeah, because it's, it's just, you know, zero to 150 <laughs> immediately. Yeah. So I like it. I like all of it. I was trying to think of what I would rate it while we were finishing it up. And there are aspects of it that are like 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, mm-hmm. 100 ghouls out of 100. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also like the dialogue and the sort of the whole nature of the movie is done in such a way that it's pulpy. You know, yeah. it doesn't ever really reach anywhere higher mm-hmm. and it just sort of gets to where it needs to go. It just basically provides you all the things that you'd want to see as a young adult man mm-hmm. that are like trashy and sleazy, which is the whole point of the movie. I yeah, mean, like that, the director didn't have high intentions. He just wanted to make a cool movie for older anime fans that had titties and rape and murder and well, pretty much just those three things. And, uh, <laughs> You know, he succeeded in that sense. And I love the tentacle touching aspect of it. I like the girl with the vagina, spider leg, mouth, the whole thing. I mean, I like all of it. I wish that it, like, it could have taken more care, but at the same time, for what it is and when it's from, I couldn't ask for anything more. If you want to spend an hour and ten minutes just kind of vegging out and enjoying the pleasures of the flesh, I, I give it, I guess I'd go with somewhere between a four and a 4.5. Out of? Five, yeah. Oh, okay. Out of spider vaginas. Yeah, I'd, I'd four give and it, a half spider vaginas. I'd give five. it a, a solid four out of five uh, sticky jizz spider web shots. Yeah. I liked when her boobies melted and yeah, she sucked that. Oh uh, yeah, there's the melty booby part. I just liked that whole scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I I I hate. I don't hate, but like, I'm not a fan of like torture porn horror movies but like body horror stuff i fucking yeah yeah well it's it's one of those that definitely takes like equal parts japanese classic like japanese anime tropes although at this point they were still becoming tropes like you know 87 you've already got an established industry for anime and especially um building on the harder edge but this is one of the like really first wave like adult oriented anime films so a lot of these things weren't exactly tropes yet i mean this it has early elements of tentacle porn and stuff like that in it so that's all cool um what was i gonna say though come back to me okay well yeah uh i I don't feel like i can give a fair rating because i didn't see the first half of it but um i i'd go with for the genre that it's, you know, I don't know anything about it, so I don't feel like I would give it a fair rating. Well, just out of enjoyment. Out of enjoyment? Two and a half. Two and a half spider vaginas. Yeah. I, I will say vaginas. a little trivia for those um, who listen. So, I have a power electronics project called Concrete Mascara, and the last album that we put out... Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I don't... They sell my stuff. It's all sold out. I'm doing all right. (laughs) But anyway, the last CD that came out, which was on Malignant Records, called Perennial Disappointment, the first track is the intro to the film, just, like, warped and treated and turned into a full song. But there's, like, an intro, uh, like, monologue thing from the main character who talks about the world and all that. And so, if you've ever listened to it and want to know what that's from, watch Wicked CD and you can find out. And if you liked Wicked CD and you want to listen to 
brutal ear bleeding power electronics, then check out Perennial Disappointment by Concrete Mascara. It's really good. Five out of five album. Yeah, actually, that's, I really like that album. Sounds fun. It spooked me, to be quite honest. You're yeah. easily spooked, though. I am an easily spooked yeah. woman. They call all me. Your, all your talk of darkness, you're I'm, not that dark. I'm pretty dark. <laughs> I mean, you do hang with us. So. That's true, and, and I have a dark sense of humor, and I like to wear dark clothing. True. But I also listen to Spotify's uh, singles Christmas hits on the way over here. Yeah, well, Pentatonics are pretty good. Yeah. So, are we all going to jump inside Dick Fetty's disco box? Yes, I fuck it every day of my life. <laughs> Butthole. Yeah, so, uh, Dick Fetty's disco box, my recommendation is Grunt's Myth of Blood, which was the album that came out in 2015. Uh, it's the last Grunt album to come out. Miko Aspa's seminal and primary power electronics project. I've obviously had it since it came out, um, but the last week or so has just had me delving back into some real hardcore power electronics listening for a variety of reasons. And I love his discography. I have the majority of his major albums and I've listened to them all many times, but this new one sort of has a very old school sound. It's a lot of like shrieking feedback which is different than the past albums, uh, the last three albums before that. There was a lot of uh, much more like industrial and constructed sounding songs that have a lot of parts and a lot of detail. And this one is like way more 80s, stripped down, kind of on the fly sounding recordings. I've heard some of the stories about the sessions from Miko and Yako uh, the last time I was in Finland. And so kind of knowing what they did to get the sounds they got made it a lot makes it interesting now to listen to and there's this one track in particular called Linkola Legacy um, which takes writings directly from uh, Linkola whatever his other name is can't remember offhand but anyway the last lines are like if we aren't cruel today then all is lost and uh, in the context of the song it's like this powerful sort of cry um, I don't want to say for help but uh, sort of I don't know. It's it's good stuff. It's it's a commanding vocal album, and it's got a lot of really good lyrics, and it's brutal to listen to. So that's my that's my recommendation for the disco box. And uh, somehow, if you have the game, play it with said soundtrack. But uh, makes me better at Mario Odyssey. Mm. Mm. Crushing it. <laughs> he was sewing a patch onto his jacket. I was playing Mario Odyssey. We were jamming out. I was. Killing and that was left also and right. that was also Nicole Twelve, which is the other one of the many other faces of Miko Aspa. We listened to Nicole 12's Black Line, which came out in like 2012, I guess at this point. Um, it all seems like it was just the other day, but the years go by, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, what? Nothing. It's we're all dying, and we're all yeah, yeah. These are Is this you trying to be dark right now? I'm doing a great job. Look at me. Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Eyes fluttering. Describe my face, thank you. We're not, I'm not describing you look a little <laughs> face this episode. <laughs> Describe my face. You look a little Describe constipated. My, okay, I'll take it. I think we should yeah. keep describing faces. So, before... Describe my face. <laughs> uh, don't do it. Okay. I don't care to hear the description. <laughs> I mean, it's the same one you make when I blow you, but... Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Are, are, are you finally ready for your segment? No, I'm not. I, I don't know. Public domainia. Public domainia. I'll get ready for next episode. Yeah, I promise I will. Man, your words you mean I what? just need to pick. I've been sifting through public domain songs. They've been. Oh, like, yeah, I've been pouring over them like see the files in, in my apartment. It's like I'm trying to put together a conspiracy theory. Uh-huh. I'm you sure your, all your Google search history is just porn serial killers. Serial porn. Everybody has a thing. Whatever, guys. Get back yeah, to me next time. Yeah, Anyway. I'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing. we'll make it happen. <laughs> I mean, you're breaking more promises than most U.S. presidents, but it's fine. Oh! God, that wasn't even funny, Ben. That was funny. That I was feel the heat over funny. here. I'm just saying, like, I'm, 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 we're backing you now on public domain. Okay. We've the been backing. The next week, I will be prepared. Backing you into a corner. You better fucking come out guns bleeding. I'm going to. I think I've almost narrowed it down. I have to pour over my notes, but <laughs> I'll definitely have. Can we can we get like a little preview? Like, what do you what are you thinking? Like, uh, no, I don't want to give it away. Yeah, <laughs> but there's okay. gonna be a dancing show. We should live stream it. I mean, it's it's public domain, so it is given away. Exactly. Like, how can we live stream something that's gonna? It doesn't matter. This isn't gonna. We'll happen. figure out the semantics. Semantics. The yeah. Logistics. The logistics. The semantics. The um, gender fluidity. Confetti that's gonna fly from the ceiling. I got a whole thing prepared. Well, if it's coming from the ceiling, I think it's more falling than flying. Alright. Those would be semantics. No, not okay. even. That's just proper use of the words you're using. <laughs> <laughs> logic, deduction. Alright, let's bring it back to ground level. Okay. How about that yeah, anti hostility day? <laughs> Who's going first? I love you guys. I'm going first, I guess, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone else chose, though. I don't get to say. Go, 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 go. I want to start Faster. off by saying um, that I'm not, none of us are doctors or psychiatrists, and we are I'm trying to... I'm a doctor. To, I'm Dr. Dick Fetty. That's, yeah, well, you're you're, you're, you're a very specific doctor of uh, Dick's and Fetty. Um, and we, we aren't here to judge anybody, but this is a comedy podcast, so there's going to be some giggles and some jokes, so strap yourselves in. Um... I know on our Facebook page, we've already gotten, like, I think out of everyone who liked it, two people unliked it, so, uh... Shut up! Yeah. Really? So we're making some moves. Oh, my god! Yeah, but that's two out of, what, four million people that like our page? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, totally, four million. Oh, four million. I think that's awesome. But you're not doing it right if you're not pissing somebody off. That's true. So well, they may just be pissed off with the content we post on Facebook, which is mostly just far-right propaganda, right? Uh, <laughs> it's far-right it's propaganda. It's a lot of anti, anti-Zog um, stuff, I think. Totally, yeah. Oh, sometimes Anyway. Um, Facebook and find out. I don't want to. Rate, subscribe, and like. Even Frank's secret Facebook likes our stuff. Yeah. Frank's secret Facebook. I it's out there, people. You'll never find it, but it's out there. You could be in a relationship, but <laughs> playing. No, because then people would people be able to find you. you are. People know who I am. They just don't friend me because they don't they like know. you. Because I just say I don't have one. Uh. Plus, they could think you're in a relationship with a strange person because it's Does not it my Does it say you're in a relationship on your secret Facebook? No. So everybody thinks your fake persona is single. Wow. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Ben. My three friends, yeah. Ben, <laughs> his wife, and Tom. <laughs> they all think I'm single. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the disorder, I, and I chose specifically disorder, was uh, BIID, Body Integrity Identity Disorder, um, which 
I found out about on one of my favorite sites, Ranker. Um, is that the one that ranks it, things? Is it, yeah, they rank things, but I find like I there's... I thought it was Rancor. Like the the beast in Return of the Jedi? No, that, that word. Yeah, no, I know yeah, that word. Ranker. Which is also the name of the beast in the pit in yeah. Return of the Jedi at Jabba's Palace. Okay. Rank, Ranker is spelled R-A-N-C-O-R, right? Yes. Ranker is spelled R-A-N-K-E-R. Right, right, yeah. right. It's a little confusing. But yeah, Ranker, it, but they're pronounced the same way. Keep going. Anyway. Um, Ranker. It, it's it's a site that I, I tend to stumble on, like a lot of serial killer stuff and like a lot of strings of things that um, we enjoy on the podcast. Strings of things. Strings I like of things. that. Can we have a sub-podcast called Strings <laughs> of Things? Where we just talk about strings. Strings. Yeah, no, I'm... Uh, Tweed's uh, brand thread is pretty <laughs> exceptional. How fucked up would it be if that's the one that takes off? Well, <laughs> it really because was. it's a niche appeal. All you have it to do is. is get that one super knit fan. Yeah. And be like, you know, we have an episode about what is the best string to tie your baby's lips shut. And then they're like, oh my god. That's it's so true. true. I'll yeah. never go back to Schlitz strings. Schlitz is the worst. Yeah, I almost said Schlitz. It's like we're the same person. We are the Schlitz. same person. This actually is all. This shows one person. The owner of yeah. Slitch Strings is really hurt right now. This is yeah. all. This is all just uh, Flex Lex's multiple personalities. <laughs> None of us actually exist. But I give her credit because she's really good at doing different voices. Yeah, That's and true. somehow she's able to afford two apartments. Yeah. yeah. So. Or is she? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not real, so yeah. it doesn't even matter I what I think. You guys is. compliment me though, and not make fun no, of me. No, this is all no, of your insecurity. Your I can yeah. make two voices talk at the same time. Yeah. Wow. I know it's impressive. Okay. We got split over here. Anyway. I know. Split Lexa. I'm like <laughs> the. I'm like the. What is it? The super ego, or am I the id? I think I'm the id, right? I'm like the reptilian part of your brain. Yeah. The hateful part. Oh, definitely. The dark part. The one that wants tarantula. Like, so many tarantulas. Oh, my God. Keep going, Ben. So, anyway. What BIID is, uh, is a disorder in which the individual who's afflicted by it, who's pretty much healthy, uh, feels as though they should be disabled or be an amputee. Oh my god, I saw a 2020 on this. The guy froze his legs off with dry ice. Ooh. Yeah, I read about that guy. I I will get into like <sighs> particular cases. I picked the ones that I thought were mo- most interesting and the ones where the person was actually named and were fully interviewed. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who like wanted to remain anonymous. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> so um, it's also related to... It's just, I, oh. I saw it when I was like 14 and it fucked with me so bad. Okay, well, you're about did to you get... remove any parts of yourself after it? No, I didn't. I did see a 2020 on Trichodelomania um, where you would compulsively rip out your hair and I went back to middle school and told everybody that I had are you Are you sure you weren't affected by it and your hands weren't double the size they are now? <laughs> Trichodelomania. <laughs> oh, flex. Anyway, uh, the disorder is related to xenomelia, the dysphoric feeling that one or more of the limbs on one's body do not belong to oneself. Mm. My penis is not my own! (laughs) My penis is not my own! (laughs) I didn't do it. It was somebody else's penis. I didn't mean to cheat on you. (laughs) So it's usually accompanied with a desire to amputate... Uh, one or more limbs. Amputates. One or more limbs. Dick Fetty over here. 
Um, putting the dick in Fetty. You're, fu- you're fucking me all up. No, me. you're doing great. I'm, I'm not. Going. This is the worst. No, I'm leaving so the podcast. Guys, be nicer to Ben. Uh, I don't know how. Anyway, BIID can be associated with apotemnophilia, sexual mm-hmm. arousal based on the image of oneself as an amputee. So not huh. sexual sexual arousal of an amputee, sexual arousal from imagining oneself as an amputee. Yeah. So like it'd be like if you got hard from like doing this and looking in a mirror. Uh, this is an audio podcast. I'm gonna have to explain. This ben is putting it. his arm behind his back and as, it's like as if he scrub. has yeah a stop ready to noodle you. Um, gonna get noodled. I'm feeling yeah. Hard. What I the, the special I saw the guy like froze his leg off, but then it wasn't enough. Like he did it and he wasn't satisfied. He needed to do more. So it's like I think speaks to the nature of a lot of things, which is like, oh, once I do this, I'll be fine. I'll be happy with myself. Yeah, you know? it's it. Yeah, they it's they not. feel as though um, they should have been a, like they were born the wrong way. Yeah. Um, it's like a body dysmorphia thing. Exactly. So pretty much what happens when someone has this disorder, um, like you just mentioned, they, they believe that they'll feel more confident if they remove a body part or they disable part of their body. They believe that like this will bring them some kind of comfort. Um, they also can feel intense feelings of envy towards amputees. Mm. You think, um, do they like rough up amputees? No. Just, hey, hey, limbless. Hey, no nuts over there. Hey, no hands. No, I'm sure they just be like, "Fuck you, so, Mr. Perfect." You're so lucky. Yeah, like, but you know how it is. Like when you envy a girl and you want her body, like you treat her like shit. You know what I mean? I feel like these people probably like pick on amputees all the time because they secretly desire to suck on their knobs. How often have you There's looked at a woman knobs. and wanted her body to be your own? Is my question. Well, what kind of way are we talking about? Not like yours to have. Like you look like you wish you looked like her. No, I, that, I was making a joke. You're speaking from a female perspective. I was just wondering what you struggle with on a daily basis. Like so many things okay. that we don't have enough time on the podcast <laughs> to even begin to cover. That could be a whole four-part series. Although, Big Betty's struggle. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> you guys could just like narrate. You, you the whole time? You no, could just yeah. narrate and then we could just do like a greatest hits clips. Yeah. And that could be the start of our video portion of mm. Motel Hell. Okay. Yeah. In his natural habitat, Nick Freddy takes his dick out once again. <laughs> Red, bruised, and shackled. He, he pulls on it regardless. Oh. <laughs> I can't tell if that's sweat or tears. No. But at this point, Dick Freddy's ready. He inserts it into the electrical socket. <laughs> no. So anyway, um, sufferers may pretend that they're amputees or that they're disabled. Either Look, Ma, no hands. Gives a whole new meaning. Right? Yeah. Either in public or in private. Um, so, the majority of BIID sufferers are white middle-aged males. Of course they are. Although this discrepancy may not be nearly as large as previously thought. <coughs> so, there is like a sexual motivation behind some of it. The apotemnophilia. It's, it's not exclusively sexual. No, no. It's, it's more, yeah, it's, it's more of a psychological thing like, um... Well, sex is We're not going to go down that road. But, um, so anyway, uh, you know, and these people will go to doctors and ask them, be like, hey, um, amputate this for me. But it's it's one of those things where it's not like, it's it's not like a plastic surgery because 
Um, people can suffer even more after an amputation from phantom, phantom limb disorder and, mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. So it's it's very hard for doctors to, you know, okay that. Most yeah, ones in the U.S. won't. But are there doctors that will? Um, I'll get there. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. There is, but like there, there are some treatments people have thought of, like maybe um, using like a nerve blocker on someone who wants to be paraplegic to be like, hey, this is what it would be like, because, you know, once a doctor paralyzes you, guess what? You're paralyzed forever. You can't be like, well, I want to play basketball again. No, sir. Yeah. Oh, I guess you can play wheelchair basketball. That shit looks insane. But yeah. Anyway. So, um... B-ball. B-ball. Uh, ba ba um, and not, it's not all amp uh, amputees. Some people want to be paralyzed. They want to be deaf. They want to be blind. Um, some people want to use... I feel use... like I could provide this service to people. Like, I would cripple and maim people all day if I was getting paid. Mm. I wouldn't even take that much money. 20 bucks. I'll blind you. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, the main characteristic of this is that they don't feel complete as normal functioning human beings. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, it's a disorder in the sense of it affects your ability to enjoy your life. And, like, you constantly dogged by a persistent right. feeling that, yeah. like, this isn't how I'm supposed to be. I can't yeah. feel okay. So, um, just to backtrack a little bit, I got most of my information from Wikipedia, Huffington Post, and the mirror.co.uk, which is by far not my favorite thing to get news from, but well, it's, it's, I got it's that a trash website. Yeah, it is a trash website. That guy fucking a horse. Um, and isn't it, is that the one, too, with the, the Olympic ghost diddlers? They'll print Please. fucking anything. Paralympic. Um, but, strangely enough, a lot of the people that I read on this ranker list ended up doing interviews for said website, so... Hmm. Um, and the, the treat, it's usually treated as a psychiatric disorder. So, um, we're going to get into our first case. Yeah. A woman named Jewel Shooping, 30. Shoop-shoop-da-doo. All right, so um, she's from North Carolina, and uh, she really wanted to be blind, like super wanted to be blind. Okay. Chill. Chill. <laughs> like, just like, I want to be blind so bad. Did she try blindfold? Uh, well, um, can yeah, you guess so how she blinds herself? No. Oh, no. Did she dig her own eyes out? No. She popped no. a spoon. Acid. She actually got her psychiatrist to blind her with drain cleaner. Her psychiatrist. Was also her lover? Her brother? No. Wait. A mole that lived under the stairs? Her, why didn't she or, I'm just, sorry, her psychologist. Why didn't she just do it herself? Uh, I mean, it, it's hard enough putting an eye drops in yourself. It's scary yeah. as hell. Imagine, you know, trying to be like, oh, oh, oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't understand, like, I guess medicine laws are different in North Carolina. That mm -hmm. doesn't shock me. Those are, those are, you know what? I mean, I honestly North didn't Carolina's do too much more digging place. into it, but, like, I'm, he probably got, you know, there's something going on. Away. Yeah, there was something going on there. That guy was yeah. either super drunk or she was super slobbing on his knob. Was she attractive? No. Uh, was she, like, Kentucky Fried? Never mind. Let's go. Yeah. Keep going. There were pictures. Um, oh. Of the blinding? No, just of her. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think he, he'd probably, or she, it doesn't state uh, what 
Um, it could have been like the first one. and Louise kind of a... Yeah, it could have been. I don't think it was. But I think that's basically the plot of that movie. It's exactly the plot of that movie. Or so, is Sleepless in Seattle? I get those two confused a lot. It's all about blinding. Uh, Miss Shooping said uh, her fascination with blindness began very early, like when she was a kid. Hmm. Um... She's quoted as saying, my mother would find me walking in the halls at night when I was three or four years old, which, uh, you're just weird, I guess. I don't know. What, pretending to be blind? I don't, it, she didn't say it. she just walking in hallways? But, yeah, just walking in dark hallways, which I do now. That's I mean, I, I walk a little bit quicker. I would kill my child. Whoa. If I saw her possessed by the devil walking in dark hallways, who said she was possessed by the devil? If, if you, if I walked out and saw my small child walking slowly down a dark hallway, you'd be like, "Baby, what's wrong? I care about you so much. You're my child." Drop kick. Yeah, you're, you're just trying to be edgy mom. now. Come on, guys. Fine. I yeah. guess I won't talk for the rest of the podcast. All right. That's gonna be a little tough when we get to your part. Shut up. Keep going. Oh, now you're telling me to <laughs> shut up. Now I have to be solid. Can we stop? Oh my god, what's happening to us? I think the fame's getting to us with our 4 million followers and our thousands of dollars coming into our Patreon page, all of which is going into my bank account. I'm not trying to be edgy, I'm just saying. You would kill your kids. I would kill my kids. This is going to be used at your hearing (laughs) with DCP and P later in life. Alright, when you and Dick Fetty are fighting for custody. And I'm winning. Why would you be winning? Why would you not be winning? I mean, it's... Uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm a white male. I always win. God, I would love to sit in on that case. <laughs> Please don't ever get divorced. Mom and Dad, don't get divorced! <laughs> she drop-kicked our child in the middle of the night. She said she was being weird and she had to fix her. her foot. <laughs> so, uh... Then she stated saying, By the time I was six, I remember that... Thinking about being blind made me feel comfortable. Which, uh, whatever. Close your eyes. Like, yeah. I hate this person. I really don't like her at all. <laughs> she seems like an well, idiot. Well, okay, so there's gonna, um, be a part that, uh... Is racist. No, it's, it's, it's probably gonna at least piss you off. Okay. I wasn't sure how to feel about it, because, once again, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or I am a any kind of doctor. You are. You are. You're like the Brita of our group. I am. I am a slacktivist and know things about things. So yeah, go you ahead. Do. I ate a burger the other so. day and now I don't feel cold all the time. <laughs> so the, the thing I find the most interesting about this is like the extremes that people go to to get get these disabilities and whatnot. And she said... She states that as a child, she would spend hours staring at the sun, watching sunspots and solar storms after her mother told her it would damage her eyes, but she's like, Black hole fuck you, mom, this is how it's supposed come. to be. God, is that what the Soundgarden song is about? Yeah. That's exactly what it's about. about. Killed himself. Um, okay, so the next one we go on to is uh, Chloe Jennings White. Mm. Chloe. I like that name. Yeah, it's a cute name. Is she a looker? She's like, uh, how good looking. No, I don't need to know. I'm just asking. To be fair, for the the audience. (laughs) Actually, I just realized that three out of the four people I talk about are women. And you were like, it's only white males. Well, there were the ones that had like full names out there. Mm. So and like, the ones that I chose seemed the most interesting, just because there was so much more information about it than like, uh, 
Jeff, in quotes, stuck his leg in a log splitter so he could get rid of it. Like, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's I feel like that's awesome. a great. I can pick story. up. I can pick up. I can. No, 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 no. I trust your judgment. You're a trusted servant of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we we give you autonomy for a reason, there, Ben. That's fair. So, uh, man, I say that a lot on the podcast. Which okay. We should that's, make a shirt. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so she's a 58 year old research scientist, which she might be older than that now, but um, she lives in Utah. She has a PhD in chemistry. Mm. And she enjoys skiing and is happily married to another woman. Now, which limbs did she lose? Because this is going to make the skiing very impressive or not impressive. She doesn't want to lose a limb. She wants to be a paraplegic. Oh, God. So, and at home, she will actually put on leg braces and, like, sit in a wheelchair the whole time. And her wife is, like, very understanding about it, but I'll get there. Well, yeah, I mean, like, all jokes aside, like, this is a really serious disorder. Yes. That's like, is it, though? Yeah, absolutely. I feel absolutely. like these people, they, they just people need to maim themselves. sharp kick in the butt. No, and that's a really dangerous way to think about, I know you're joking, but then the people listening. They might be, these are impressionable youth. <laughs> they might, podcast. like, it's a very serious thing, and it's fucking devastating. Um, and I, I, if any of you decide to amputate a limb... Tattoo it first with Motel Hell Podcast. No. Yeah, and then the limb. Send us the limb. Send us the limb. We will make a P.O. box. I'll make a P.O. box. People can send oh their God. limbs. Oh, my their God. Yeah. Make sure it's a place that, like, we aren't usually at. So in case it gets bombed, we don't die. No. Yeah, no, that's fine. Don't I'm send us a limb. Box. Get help. Go see a doctor. Okay, fine. But not one that will pour drink but, in your eye. But if you get something removed, an organ, you know, a medically, like something you need removed, send it to us. No, yeah. I don't We'll want take pictures of it. I do. I do. Okay. If someone's like, I got, you know, this this toe, like if it doesn't come off, I'm going to die. Save that toe. Send us the toe. Our listeners are probably going to want to keep their own parts, but I hear what you're saying. No, I'm, you know. I got it. Like, if you're having a medical procedure that's necessary. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but... We're talking about amputation. Oh, thanks, Ben. No problem. So, uh... Anyway, she stated saying that, um... When I'm in a wheelchair, I'm not even thinking about the wheelchair. It's just normal for me. But anytime I'm walking, it's always in my mind. Sometimes dominating my mind. That is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, when she was four, she decided that the nature... That nature made a mistake by giving her working legs. This is when she was four. Oh. Uh, so, and I don't mean to laugh, but I just think it's like, it's such child logic to do something like this. But um, she tried to paralyze, no, no, I'm sorry, this is when she was nine. She tried to paralyze herself by riding her bike off stage, but just ended up with scrapes and bruises. That's adorable. <laughs> that is pretty cute. Oh, look how cute you are. Um... She's also stated as saying, I didn't know that there were other people like this until about a decade ago. No one would make this up. That would be nuts, which I agree. So, and like I said, she's an avid skier. So when she skis, she takes the most dangerous routes possible just in case she might get hurt and paralyzed. She which, always die. That's that's what I was thinking when I was reading about this. It's like a, Christopher Reeves would like to have a word with her. No, he's he's on a horse. Yeah, and he's dead. What did so. he die from it originally? No, no, who was it? Oh, no. Michael Schumacher. 
Bankruptcy. Yeah, the legendary Grand Prix greatest racer of all time who fucking got brain damaged from a goddamn skiing accident after years of killing it on the track. It's, it's yeah, just, no, tons of people have gotten fucked up skiing. It's, yeah, it's too terrible. I'm Why would you sport? Skiing? Yeah, bowl. That's what I always say. Bully. Get yeah. out there and bowl. Bully. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, bully to bowling. Bull, bowling. Bull, bull, bowling. So she actually did find. Uh, a doctor who would do it. Um, he was in a bar. No, I think Germany. Wow. Yeah, Germany. Um, but the surgery would cost her twenty-five thousand dollars. She wait. She found a doctor who paralyzed her in Germany. Germans get it together. Doctor Mengele. I mean, Eastern Europe. You know, it's a mess not, over there. It's not Eastern Europe. It's it's. It's all Western Europe. Europe. You're Western Europe. Okay. I'll take that. Good one, Ben. Totally got him back. Got yeah. him back, and, and you know geography. I so do. Um, I'm a smart man. Titanic Panic of the 90s. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so this is the part that I said might um, upset you. Oh, really? We haven't gotten to the part that would upset me? Nope. I thought that last one would have upset me. So... She found this doctor that would do it in Europe uh, for $25,000, and she stated saying, I'll never be able to afford it, but I know I won't regret it if I ever can. I don't know why it upsets people. And then she followed that with saying, it's the same as a transsexual man having his no. penis cut off. No. It's never coming back, no. but they know it's what they want. No. No. Well, I can, I can understand her logic. Yeah, I, mean, I can definitely understand her logic, but it's... But I mean, it's also, there's a lot of people in the medical community who think of people who are transgender, especially who want gender reassignment surgery, to, I mean, that's a disorder. As a body of, type of dysmorphia. Yeah. It is, it, and I, and in a way, it is. It is. You know? It's not even in a way. Yeah. It is. But it's like, just a totally different ballpark. <laughs> just a totally different but, ballpark. But I mean, wait, wait. Ballpark. That's not that funny. Yeah. I knew you were gonna touch. Yeah. Touch the balls. It's not. No, but I mean, I don't know. I guess that's a conversation for another day. But I don't really see it as being that different. Like, in the sense of, if you find that part of your identity, like you're essentially born wrong, and you would be complete, and your identity would be correct if you had a certain type of corrective surgery. I don't know, like, why if it's genitals, it suddenly makes it special or different, you know? Well, I feel like there's also the type of people that, like, claim to be transracial, and it's like, that's a totally not okay thing, just as this is a totally not okay thing. And, but, like, oh, well, okay, well, okay, that yeah. It's your body. Here's, here's my thing. So, yeah, it's, it's your body. Uh, I'm not going to fucking judge you for whatever you want to do with it. Um, but a lot of the cases that I poured over... Um, were people who, because this isn't a thing, and, I mean, you know, it's also partially due to the fact that because they didn't get psychological help, um, maimed themselves yeah. in very dangerous ways. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people who have died yeah. trying to fix these things. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on that same kind of problem in mind. So. Mm, yeah, but yours is way more sexy. That's true. I'm excited. So, uh, anyway, <coughs> that's all I'm going to go in about her, but, like, there is this, like, little part in the article about how, um, her wife, like, uh, like, helps her pretend to be a paraplegic at home, and, uh, I had, like, I had this image in my head where it's, 
because it, it talks about how you know her wife has to do all the housework because she gets then she's a paraplegic and I'm like, yo, maybe she just really fucking hates housework. <laughs> I mean, these people are doing do, coming to do an interview on your condition. Oh, oh right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel so many things about that. It's my true identity. So, um, I will pray to... would go to Germany and get paralyzed <laughs> if I could afford it. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you she fucking started GoFundMe. Oh, my like, God. Like, I would, I would give her $10,000 just to see her do it. Oh. I want to see the before and afters, her going down the skis. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. You'd no, be like, I, I can spend that, that money on records. Yeah. That's true. So, um, so the reason I picked this specific one is because I thought it, it's it's a little different than um, than you know people who feel even though she does is considered to have BIID, it's a little bit different. And to preemptively answer your question, yes, this girl is attractive. Okay. Her name is uh, Mariah Serrano. Like how mm-hmm. attractive? She's she's cute. Like prettier than me. Seven or eight. The only person that's prettier than you is, is my wife. wife. Uh, good, good answer. That's um, the right answer. I don't know that there could be any other answer. Although I did have a dream last night where you're just chasing me through the woods all crazy, and it was terrifying. <laughs> you dreaming about my platonic friend? <laughs> yeah. But did I have like a knife or a machete? I, I had a I had a dream. It must be scary. Your, where your platonic friend was in it and you were in it. Oh yeah, and, that was a uh, different dream. Yeah, that was a bad dream. We're not even gonna bring that dream up because it'll make some people angry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. to dream a dream. To dream a dream. It must have been scary for you because my limbs are so long I can run so fast. Slenderman. Yeah, it was like I'm like Slenderman. It's like sexy Slenderman. Yeah, it was exactly. terrifying. Like all Slenderman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I think we should read some Slenderman erotic fan fiction after this. I mean, I'm I'm down. Any? No, I'm not, not going to say that. Out so anyway, uh, Mariah was born with a clubbed foot. You <laughs> <laughs> immediately start laughing. I just think of her going to the club all the time. She's got that club foot. She can't stop dancing. <laughs> she just gets real angry every time uh, Stanky Lake comes on. Anyway. <laughs> This is good. Uh, She's doing fine now, you know? Yeah. She got the club <laughs> shut down. So, uh, she, you know, she, this really, like, fucked her up as a kid, and she had to wear, she couldn't wear heels to her prom. She had to wear sneakers because of her, uh, gnarred foot. I didn't wear heels to my proms because I was too self-conscious about my height. Yeah, you would have been, like, the... What's that tree? Oh, no. Tree beard? Tree beard. Like tree beard in Lord of the Rings. The tree that can move and talk? Yeah. Okay. Just clarifying. Oh my god, you'd make the we we should have Alexa be our Christmas. Dude, you could be the Frodo to my Samwise and she could be tree beard. Oh my god, I'm so touched. I get to be Frodo. And I get to be the tree. Yeah, we ride on your shoulder. <laughs> Although they aren't the ones that wrote on them. Yeah, but Whatever. Uh, change the book. Barry and Pippin. <laughs> yeah. Barry and Pippin. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that one actually makes more sense. Yeah, I don't want to be Frodo. I like second breakfast. Yeah. Mm. You know, potatoes, boil them, put them in a stew. <laughs> That's him wise. Yep. I don't even like Lord of the Rings that much. Don't lie. Lord of the Rings rules. That's true, it does. So, um... When it ended up happening... Is uh, you know, she she wanted to be have a career in fashion, but you know she can't wear heels, so 
she went to a specialist and was like, hey, you know, like, chop off my leg. And um, her mom was like, what? And then she laughed at her mom. It was real awkward for everybody. So um, she just kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it. And eventually she got the surgery. They took her leg off? Yep. Where? Where was this? Uh, Brazil. So anyway, after she had her leg done in by a doctor, which I mean, I guess kind of makes sense because it's not like there's nothing wrong with her leg. Like she did have a club foot, so she had it amputated below the knee, and um, a month after the operation. Uh, she stated saying, when I woke up after the procedure, it felt incredibly strange without my leg being there. For five months, the wound wouldn't heal properly. The cut below my knee refused to mend. I became extremely depressed and wondered what on earth I'd done. I got my first prosthetic in August, but I couldn't wear it for any length of time because the cut just below my knee wouldn't get better. I was at the lowest ebb. I didn't go out, and I didn't want any of my friends to come over to see me. It was really bad. So she, and like, she also got this idea because some fancy fashion designer was designing like fancy fashion designer prosthetics and stuff. Yeah, I've seen those on the internet. Honestly, like, she looks really happy. Yeah. About her decision. Well, yeah, I mean, anybody can take a picture where they look happy no matter well, how fucked up their life. Right now where I'm at, she's at the, it's the more depressing part because she's like real fucked up about it at first. Yeah. Um, she didn't cut it off herself though. No, she didn't. No, she had a doctor do it. There was an actual procedure. So, um, which is sensible, at least makes more sense, or, you know, normal sense in the sense of she was born with a deformity rather than being born healthy. Yeah, it does make right. more sense. It's, it makes more sense than the woman who's like, I'm going to be blind. Yeah. Hey, doctor, blind me. And I'm sure that's exactly what she said. Doctor, give me the blind. <laughs> I can't see you because I'm blind. Nice. Doctor, doctor, give me the blind. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say next time That's I don't want to see anything. That's the kind of hard singing we do here. Give me the blind. Yeah. Give me the blind. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> on New Year's Eve, her mother gave her uh, heels that would fit her new prosthetic leg. Mm. And I want to see a heel that fits right on her stump. Um, I mean, call her. Yeah, I'm sure you can find her. I don't think she's married. No, I, you don't think you understand what I said. <laughs> I don't like that one. Now, wasn't I have, a joke. now that I saw her, I have compassion. Ugh. Dude, wait, hold on. Let me show you the picture of the blind lady. Uh, this is an experiment. Do you have like, compassion for her? Yes, I have compassion for her. She just winked at me. I did not wink! Eddie's winking. <laughs> anyway, so, and at that point she realized, like, this was a good decision. It took her a little while to get used to it. I don't know, I just found this one, like, very interesting, because it was, like, so different from any of the other ones I read, and it seemed more that she wanted to fit in with everyone else than versus um, her wanting to fit in with her own skewed view of herself. Perception of herself. Yeah. Right. Less well, disorder and, and more. Again, like, she kind of had, she had a reason. Right, and, you know, she was able to actually, um, you know, dress like other girls, which is was important for it. Yeah, it's important for women to all look the same to please men. 
I'm not touching it. I know it was a setup, and I want you to continue. I'm obviously setup. being sarcastic. That's my sarcastic voice. Now you're winking. <laughs> it's called blinking. Everyone does it except for one eye at a time. <laughs> it's just easier. Is it? It keeps me balanced, and I don't like to have both eyes closed for fear of attack. Duh. So, um, she actually there there was this guy that she was interested in. This is really sad. She was interested in him, and he was like, "That's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that." And then when she got it done, he stopped talking to her. Aww. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Fuck that guy. Yeah. That guy but sucks. you know, I'm sure that hurt her. I bet though, there's a lot of people that are in, well, not a lot, but there's enough people that are into banging amputees or people with like gimp limbs and stuff that she's probably gonna meet some very nice man who can love with her, her whole package, you and, know. And loves getting noodled, which is what I refer to as when the gimpy part like, goes in something. Yeah. Oh, you guys. What? what? I don't like this. It's better than get it, you know. It's it's a lot more uh, PC than getting buoyed. I yeah. don't want to know what it is. Stumped. Oh, I don't like Papa Stumps. <laughs> That's when your granddad, you know, like he gets the gets the diabetes, gets gout, got to get his foot off or his whole, you know, up to the knee. He gets his foot off and then he's got to get <laughs> off. <laughs> Papa Stumps. <laughs> Papa Stumps. New nickname. So, uh, anyway, and then there's, you know, she talks about how, you know, there was an adjustment period where, um, she would forget that she was missing a leg and just jump out of bed to go over to her dresser and just fall flat on her ass. I believe that. That's gotta be funny because she literally did it to herself. Yeah. You know, I, you, you got you gotta laugh at that. You gotta well, laugh at that. you gotta laugh at the things in life. Like, it's, you know, sometimes there's, there's some humor to be found in the, the darker corners of this existence. And everybody laughs when people fall. That's hilarious. That shit's yeah, funny. It's funny. Um, and so, the like, the one I chose of, like, the people who weren't, like, actually names, um, which is the one I thought was, like, the most strange out of them, uh, was this guy, air quotes, David. Uh-huh. He is a 23-year-old man who started a blog to document his B-I-I-D. David no longer wanted to keep his left leg or his teeth. In order to Ooh. remove his teeth, he didn't brush his teeth, for 18 years Jeez. and let them fall into massive despair. Dennis were forced to remove all of his teeth. <sighs> B-I-D-D, everybody. Well, I know somebody who just drank until their teeth started rotting out of their mouth. Actually, I know a couple people like that. But, uh... Yikes. Yeah, it's... I feel like leave your teeth alone, you know? Like... <laughs> That's just gross to me. I mean, I can kind of understand. I'm guessing David didn't have a girlfriend for 18 years. That toothless fucking Listen, river troll. Man, as long as you're not like really annoying, any and you have low enough standards. True. Everybody can get laid. True. True. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Even river trolls get it from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, serial killers they get laid all the time. Yeah, but they also are people that generally have like. Well, no, that's not true. Some of them have magnetic personalities. Some of them have impulsive ones. I don't think Richard Chase was getting laid all the time. Gary Ridgway? He was married to Richard well, Chase. Well, he also paid... And that's different. Marrying some, like... I don't know, bumble, butt-looking dude, like... But he got the puss. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean... He's okay. not a good-looking dude. Yeah, he's not, like, there that bad, love though. out there for everyone. If you're listening and you're single, hey, you're a serial plus, killer... 
future husband is out there. Yeah. He wants to marry you. Gary Ridgway held a job the whole time. He was a hard-working guy. He took care of his family, and he strangled prostitutes. Like... Sex workers. Sex workers. I'm sorry. So, you know, I can understand that, like, if you didn't know about the strangling, he seems like a pretty good package. I guess. What do you mean you I guess? guess? I didn't know Gary personally. I, I assume he wasn't my type. It probably was boring to your yeah. taste. I think it would have been boring. But there's a lot of women but who just want boring. what if you knew that he murdered people? Would he be more your type? Uh, no, she talked about that game, but she's not that, a, no, I that thought danger and suffering. Well, hold on. Would that, would that, would that no. danger aspect of it kind of like, you know, no, get I you mean, a little tingle? Tweak your psychological manipulation is a little bit up my alley, but that's about as far to as I To be psychologically manipulated or to do it? No, to be manipulated. Talking emotional abuse. I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec. <laughs> I'm thinking like John Ralph, yeah. Um, go get me a chip witch or we won't be friends. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want a chip witch. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned chip witches earlier and I'm all fucked up. Anyway. Alright, Dick Freddy, what do you got for us? Well, I got a couple things. Most of them are problems. My first problem is we didn't get to talk about my BIID stories or interests or whatever. Uh, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, what? Were we supposed to? No, but <laughs> we're going to talk about them now. Dang it. Uh, no, so before I go into my topic, when Ben picked his, it immediately. Well, when we picked this Got overall. You as a rock? Yeah, well, duh. But when we picked this originally, the first thing I thought of was well, two things. <laughs> Uh, one of them is people who get their testicles removed and replaced with different testicles or no testicles, but especially people who get them replaced with, like, bigger things, like either bigger human testicles or bigger, like, animal testicles that are bigger than human testicles yeah. and all this stuff. And in the internet circles I run in, I read about all sorts of weird shit. And this was something I, I think I originally read about it probably, like, ten years ago. Um, I actually held a fake human testicle before. Nice. And, you know, yeah, you can get prosthetics and stuff, like, if you get testicle cancer and all the rest. It was filled with, like, actual, like, white goop. Like, Uh it looked like jizz. I was like, this is impressive. So, um, but yeah, there are people that, like, feel like their testicles aren't right or, like, whatever. And it's, it's a lot of it's in the gay community and they do all sorts of crazy stuff. And I also know... There was a guy who's, like, kind of a serial killer who did a bunch of, like, horrible amputation surgeries in a motel in the gay community, which I'm surprised didn't come up, but he would, like, cut off people's limbs for them and, like, whatever, and just, like, do a bunch of drugs with them, and, like, most of them got infected and died. I wanted to stay away from murder on this particular one. Ah, okay, yeah. So, that's interesting to me. Um, But, yeah, I really, anybody who mutilates their genitals, I generally, like, that's an interesting thing. And I kind of wanted to go that route, but given Ben's subject, I decided if I focused just on genital mutilation, it would be too much of a repetition. Because there's all all sorts of different types, but mostly, like, self-inflicted genital mutilation is primarily my interest. Because there's people that That kill... Well, we, yeah, you weren't on Google Images last night. Oh, yeah. no, thank See, you. Was off. There was a guy in Germany who wanted his dick to be, like, huge, and he put, um, kept getting, he was getting, like, silicone implants. Like, it didn't, like, it wasn't going to be functional anymore, but uh-huh. he was doing it anyway. Yeah. 
and that was well that's any kind of extreme body modification where like the thing you're doing to your organ no longer serves its original purpose like your cheeks aren't supposed to have holes in them (laughs) you know like that doesn't make cheeks helpful anymore they keep the food in and when you have holes it comes out so people are weird and they do weird shit to themselves and uh that's cool like you know we reap the harvest here so um then my second major interest was gaping I find gaping, not just in a pornographic sense, but just like generally what leads people to have that desire outside of being paid to do it. Um, like, why do they do that kind of stuff? And I always think of Goatsy as like the seminal. Yeah. Like, I've read interviews with him and all the rest, mm-hmm. but there's not enough uh, primary research out there to really bring this to you guys. But I do find it interesting that, like, anytime you're getting bigger than a fist, and even a fist, like, inserted inside you, you know, how, how do you get to that point? Like, what, what, you know what I mean? Because I, I feel like most people have sex their whole lives and never think, I want something bigger, and then I want something even bigger, and then yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> depends on the girl, okay. So, sure. <laughs> or guy, you know, no. some people just, you know, have a bigger hole to fill. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. We all have proportions. Um, awesome. But, but I mean, I think it's that's the, that's the sort of difference. Is it's not just like healthy normal sex play. Like it's it's it go, it you can do it in a healthy there. way, yeah. but like your butthole's not designed to be able to stick two hands inside of it at one time. Oh my you know? god! But, but I've seen that, and I just want to know more about the people that receive it. But, um, we should do an academic study. I would love to do an academic yeah. study on the gaping subculture yeah. of like both porn and consensual There's sex. There's gotta be. I'm gonna go maybe on some databases. Maybe, maybe Flex and I should gape you. No, I don't want to be involved in any type of gape. Well, and then just hold the camera. That's no. the whole thing with me is it's like I could get into having sex with a dead body, I'm pretty sure. But I don't know that I ever want to be gaped. Like, I mean, I love to, I like to see it. It's interesting to me. But, I still don't, I don't want to have, the, I don't want anybody to um, go shoulder deep. Uh, uh, something's whore. Mm. Gatsby. Gatsby's whore. Yeah. That was, that's some classy gaping. Yeah, that was classy God, gaping. you guys know so much about porn. <laughs> I mean, we're dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to gender stereotype, but I'm sure there's some girls that know just as much as you guys Oh, do, no, yeah, but totally, but like. It's good. Yeah. You guys know. I, I know. I know an exceptional amount. You know titles. <clears throat> yeah. No. I mean, you and I were talking before the podcast. You're like our porn guru. I didn't know that most common porno is is not real. Well, porn. I didn't say most common porno. Don't don't listeners take that impression. Most you've seen a lot of real jizz, but there is a fair amount of fake cum, and especially in cum oriented, you know, stuff. It can either be fake or it's not like made at the time. I can I can only watch amateur porn now. You've ruined me. It's, it's, every time I try to watch, you know, made porn, I'm like, this is all a lie. Yeah. So, yeah. and only the truth gets me hard. But <laughs> and frankly, those girls get really beat up on. Which, like, for all my tough talk, like, I don't like to see some of the stuff. Like, it just see, feels like a bad time for everybody involved. Like, I'd rather see some like. It doesn't matter. So we're gonna get it's there. In moments like these, that I hear my mom saying. What's the name of your podcast? I'd really like to listen to it. Yeah. And I remember. I uh, listening to the most recent episode that we is is posted yeah. online right now. I was like, yeah, my wife's family can never listen yeah. to this. Yeah. She no, really likes you guys, and I don't want to ruin that for her. Yeah, I think about when I told my aunts who are in the podcast that they should check it out, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> Absolutely not. So what's that link, Frag? Yeah, uh, 
you know. Some of the length of this American life. Oh, they just it'll be, uh, you bet your garden. On <laughs> yeah. I love that show. It makes me so calm. That and Car Talk. I can Car Talk's Car great. Talk you bet your garden day. makes me want to stab it. Oh my god, it's so cute. It's I love so that guy's annoying. voice. That guy's voice is the worst. Oh, I love it. This is where we differ big time. <laughs> I, that guy's voice also, is Also, a splendid so table. Mingling. Very nice. That That's about cooking. Well, I could have guessed that. Okay, like, it could have been about table making. Like making tables or yeah, waiting tables or like 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 making a table look better. Like, all right. No, I want to know now. <laughs> or are you just throwing out names or pretending you know about it? Not answering. I feel bully right know. now. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm I was interested. By, by Ben. I was interested. Okay. Bully. I don't know. Like, it, it's called making... It's about cooking. So, okay. yeah, I guess it makes the table better overall. No, because it sounds like it could have been about, like, actually making wooden tables. I don't know. I didn't mean to upset you. It's okay. Whole thing's falling apart. Cut that out. We should have started doing all this cocaine. <laughs> okay, anyways, if I could have the spotlight for one <laughs> second... <laughs> Dick Fetty in the spotlight? Never. No. No. So what are you focusing on? So, okay, after I couldn't do genital mutilation and replacing your balls with other stuff and gaping, I wound up on erotic asphyxiation. Yeah! So, um, and before I get too much into that, and I'm going to try to keep it uh, brief, but I want to talk a little bit about the idea of, so, I don't know, I find it interesting people with horns or tails or like weird physical disorders. I like body horror in my horror films. I could I don't care as much in the real world. Sexual disorders, dysfunctions and uh paraphilias are super interesting to me. So I couldn't help myself and of course wound up with erotic asphyxiation. So a paraphilia is the experience of intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, or individuals. Uh such attraction may be labeled as sexual fetishism. Fet- Fetishism. Yeah, that is a tough one. Fetishism. Yep. So, currently under the DSM-5, there's eight specific paraphilic disorders. And uh, before I get into DSM-5's eight disorders, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of the term and, and this sort of switch from sexual fetish to paraphilia. So, the coinage of the term paraphilia has been credited to Friedrich Salomon Krauss in 1903, mm. entered the English language in 1913, and referenced to Krauss by urologist William J. Robinson. It was used with some regularity by Wilhelm Steckel in the 1920s, mm. and the term comes from the Greek para, beside, and philia, friendship and love. Beside, friendship and love. Yeah, so I think it's like a side friend, like a side interest. Or right. Or side. like... Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. That's not kind of how a friend, I was. A friend that you bang. Well, that's more of like, it's like something you love that's like... Not outside the norm? Yeah. Cause okay. I get, yeah, because I guess friendship's normal. That's outside of the norm. I think we're thinking about it a little too much. We should just start a linguistic podcast. Yeah, yeah so in the original um, first two DSMs and in other psychological journals prior to DSM-3, you know, there was a lot of different terms used to describe... Uh, sexual deviancy, sexual fetishes, paraphilia that weren't the term itself. Um, And, you know, there is a sort of relative morality to what is sexually acceptable and what's not. So 
Are we talking deviancy in a psychological sense, in a moral sense, you know? And all this stuff is tied up, and especially because sex is weird and scary for most people, um, you know, in the both academic community and elsewhere, there's always this kind of war between, like, what kind of terms should be used. And I'd say in the past 30 years, there's been an increasing push for um, terms that don't necessarily denote bad or good or mm -hmm. whatever. Like, there can be some denotation of healthy versus, like, a disorder. Uh -huh. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But to have a paraphilia, which is to say to have an interest, like an intense sexual interest that is outside of just normal sex, isn't necessarily bad. To have a paraphilic disorder is to have a paraphilia that causes a dysfunction in your life and makes your life, like, you know, less enjoyable. Right. I have a question. Yeah. So, can, like, since a lot of male serial killers are sexually propelled to do their crimes, is that considered, like, a paraphilia, or is that just psychopathy? Well, it's a little bit of both. So, like, for the people that, um, you know, sexually violate the people... Like, it, to have necrophilia would be kind of a paraphilia to a point. I don't know that it... I don't think that paraphil or uh, necrophilia actually makes it into DSM-5's eight um, paraphilic disorders. Well, it, I know it's in it, because when we covered it, it was it's covered in the... Uh, but I think it's separate and apart from other paraphilias, because right. it's also like... Some of them involve a human body, and a lot of them can also involve non-human, uh, like, objects and whatever. So it can be a wide range of things, but it's basically like having misappropriated sexual desire attached to things that aren't normal or reproductive. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, basically as the years have gone on and the refinement of terms as they relate to sexual disorders or sexual orientations or sexual practices and all that, those things have been refined to be... Um, you know, more inclusive and less moralistic and all that, there's been, they've kind of, like, changed the language to basically say, like, if you're gay, you no longer have a disorder, right. whereas 50 years ago, like, if that it was, was a disorder. In the DSM, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and uh, pedophilia, <laughs> homosexuality, things like that, they were originally classified as paraphilias. Pedophilia still is a paraphilia, um, but it's a paraphilic disorder because... If you want to have sex with kids, like, certainly on a moral sense, most people are going to say that's, like, no, that's not acceptable. But it's also dysfunctional in the sense of it's going to negatively impact your life uh -huh. because fucking kids is bad and wrong. And not not even in a moral sense, but it's also, like, socially on every level. Yeah. It's not uh, a good sexual urge to have. So, um, in terms of the development of paraphilia... Uh, research points to possible prenatal neuro neurodevelopmental co correlation. A 2008 study analyzing the sexual fantasies of 200 heterosexual men by using the Wilson Sex Fantasy Questionnaire exam determined that males with a pronounced degree of fetish interest had a greater number of older brothers, a high 2D colon 4D digit ratio, which would indicate excessive prenatal estrogen exposure and an elevated probability of being left-handed, suggesting that disturbed hemispheric brain lateralization may play a role in deviant attractions. Ooh. So if you're left-handed, you might be a little bit more fucked up when it comes to sex. Yeah, you might be a little kinkier. Are you left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. I do have one older brother, though. And Actually, no. Technically, two. Yeah, so that can affect just, like, on a genetic and developmental level, like, you know, if you're the second brother and whatever, um, when you're born, if you have the same mom, but also, there's behavioral explanations uh, which propose that paraphilias are conditioned early in life during an experience that pairs a paraphilic stimulus with an intense sexual arousal. So, 
you know, when Jerry Boudreaux talks about his interest in shoes from, like, before he can ever remember, like, that's a paraphilia to be, whoa, I thought I saw, like, demonic eyes out the window, but I think I didn't. Um, <laughs> hey, um, I'm gonna hope don't that, do that you did can, can I stay here? Because <laughs> uh, I'm not driving the fuck home alone, looking in my back seat, <laughs> waiting for the man. I'm gonna have to stop at like three gas stations on the way home and be like, yo, can you check my back seat for me? They're demonized. I thought right I there? saw some demonized, but I didn't. No, it's cool. Just to interject real quick, the uh, yesterday, was it yesterday? Was yeah, it yesterday at work. Seat? No, I like thought. Two different times, because I was pretty much alone on the floor for most of the day, out because of... You just lie on the floor? Uh, no, no, the showroom floor. I was out on the showroom floor by okay. myself, doing stock, and two separate times I thought I saw somebody walk by me, and then I was like, calm down, it's the you're ghost probably the just crazy. Tile ghost. Dude, I, that place is fucking haunted. Anyway, by, by my despair. Yeah. <laughs> well, that could be real. So, um, anyway, basically there's the explanation also that paraphilia developed because some stuff happens. It's just like, you know, if you have a sexy feeling and weird thing happens at the same time, you could develop that. I also think that if you have an older brother, you're just going to yeah. see inappropriate shit in an early age and then be like, I don't know why I just love seeing blank happen to blank. Yeah. But when my brother was watching that porno tape and I was like sneaking a peek through the whatever, like under the covers or through the closet, or he just showed me because he was a shitty older brother, or a really good one, depending on how you look at it, uh, the demons aren't going to come in. They were like <laughs> out the way. They, the demons move fast. <laughs> Fair point. Um, Fine, I'll move back. Anyways, they can develop. So I just wanted to touch on that kind of stuff a little bit. There's a lot more here. I find all that stuff super interesting, cause yeah. especially, you know, as people who are very into serial killers, like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, paraphilias tied to those people, and, like, I was just uh, recently doing some extra research on BTK, and uh, about his fetishism of, um, you know, tying people up and, mm -hmm. and torturing them, because he didn't even... Uh, you know, actually penetrate any of his victims. He would just, you know, look at, the, take pictures and jerk off to them later, or you know, jerk off on the victims themselves. There's a great documentary. I think it's called Fetish, um, that delves more into uh, childhood experience being linked to sexual fetish later in life. And there's one particular guy who got like um, buried alive by like neighborhood bullies. They, like, threw him down and covered him with... He didn't die, obviously. But he later developed, like, a total fetish with being completely, like... It was a latex thing, but it was it was different, and that's what he tied it to. The, like, vacuum seal culture mm -hmm. type stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, like, needed to feel that I'm way in order to get off. Yeah. yeah. And it's very, very... And the human ashtray. It's just really interesting. Yeah. Cigarette butts. Well, it, so it's funny because I considered doing um, the latex rubber PVC subculture, but then it's just like, basically, I could have delved into a whole new sex episode on yeah. my research alone, and that's not quite to the level of disorder, but again, it's always a matter of degrees, and one of the things that in the articles I read was pointed out was that consensual adult activities and adult entertainment involving sexual roleplay, novel, superficial, or trivial aspects of sexual fetishism or incorporating the use of sex toys are not necessarily paraphilic. 
Paraphilial psychopathology is not the same as psychologically normative adult human sexual behavior, sexual fantasy, and sex play. Right, so it's different. Right, so if you occasionally bring in handcuffs or whips or whatever and, like, you kind of have fun with it, like, that's just sex and keeping yeah. it spicy. Whereas, you know, basically, if your sexuality or a big chunk of your sexuality is surrounds, like, a single type of activity or, like, you can only do one activity yeah. to achieve uh, sexual release, then... Then you've got like a paraphilic disorder, right. and it's especially a disorder if it's harmful to you. Uh, starting in the DSM three, like I said, they added in this idea rather than sexual deviancy, it was sexual paraphilia, and I'll just go through real quick and talk about um, the eight disorders that they list. Um, generally, you're classified as having one of these paraphilic disorders if over a period of six months you continually have this urge, desire, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, there is voyeuristic disorder, exhibitionistic disorder, frauderistic disorder, which is um, to like need to touch or grope, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's not good stuff. Sexual masochism disorder, sexual sadism disorder, pedophilic disorder, fetishistic, fetishistic disorder, transvestic disorder, other specified paraphilic disorder, and unspecified paraphilic disorder. So, you know, the last two are kind of blankets. Um, there are people that have, like, one-off, one-in-a-million. There's, you know, guys, I think it's on, like, My Strange Addiction or one of those types of shows where the dude's, like, in love with this specific type of car. Another guy, like, fucks the tailpipes mm -hmm. of cars, that kind of thing. There's a guy who's in a relationship with a bunch of inflatable animals. Yeah. Um, I saw a video on Facebook the other day about a guy who was both romantically and sexually, um, I don't want to say involved, but excited by uh, carnival rides. Mm. That sounds dangerous and fun. <coughs> sounds awesome. Dangerous and Good date. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and there's different ways to treat um, having a paraphilic disorder <coughs> or having para like a paraphilic interest generally, and not all of them need to be treated, and it's kind of on a case-by-case -case basis, mm -hmm. and it depends on cultural norms and... You know, for some people, like, they're happy with the thing that they're into, and for other people, it is a problem that plagues them. And erotic asphyxiation, my topic, is one of those that there's not that much research because it's sex generally. It's weird sex, so there's even less, and people aren't really honest about it. And it's also uncomfortable weird sex because it's dangerous and often self-done, um, self-inflicted kind of danger. So there's not a lot of self-reporting on it. And... I got a decent amount of my research from Wikipedia, just sort of blanket stuff, but I also got research from an article called Autoerotic Deaths Less Common Than Thought by Linda Thraisbuell from My Health News Daily. Good old Linda. Um, I got, and then that was really a, dice, or a, a highlight type of an article based upon the current reports on autoerotic deaths, five persistent myths by Annie Salvague or... I don't know, she was from Canada, that was in the Current Psychiatry Reports Journal from January 2014, 16, colon, 430, and um, I also read a, a Vice UK article about autoerotic asphyxiation and, and erotic asphyxiation, but basically, erotic asphyxiation has existed in terms of history since at least the 1700s, um, the kind of... There's an idea that people started to get interested when they watched a lot of hangings because when people would get hung, men specifically, they'd pop a boner and then jazz them after the body sort of did its thing and like they died and everything settled for a little bit. 
So uh, they started to prescribe it as a cure for erectile dysfunction because they figured, well, if it's good enough for a corpse, and it could be good enough for you, <laughs> you almost corpse. So, you know, imagine a bunch of dudes in the 1700s choking themselves out and all the rest. And, uh, you get, no, honey, it'll work this way. Yeah, old-time medicine is really the best medicine. It's yeah. like cocaine for ghosts, autoerotic association for ED, and morphine for the cold. And I'm feeling good today. And I'm eating out for everything else. Yeah. I know, it was a time to be alive. So. You got a call for that. Some- Throw some leeches on that bitch, you'll be fine. Yeah, and there's also a discussion um, that goes even further back from uh, Marquis de Sade in his book Justine or the Misfortunes of Virtue, and she's subjected to, well, we would call it breath play, but you could call it forcible choking and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, de Sade was awesome in the sense that he was ahead of the time. He wrote about a bunch of stuff that like nobody was really had ever written about, or at least that books had the books had been destroyed by either the Catholic Church or other faiths mm-hmm. and things like that because that kind of perversion man I mean he it was illegal when he was doing it writing about it and all the rest but there's documented evidence of it going you know as far back as the 1700s obviously people are into weird sex shit since humans have existed mm-hmm. so I'm sure it goes back to the pharaohs and before um, but it's sort of a mixture of interest for people so some people choke themselves until they black out some people have other people choke them there's autoerotic is when you do it yourself erotic asphyxiation can be you choking somebody else or you being the one receiving the choking if you're choking someone that really falls more into the sadism category rather Mm -hmm. than the actual enjoyment of being choked um but for some people, they like to be choked until they passed out. Like some people just like the the thrill of being on the razor's edge of life, and for other people, it's the sensation of having oxygen cut off from the brain. They say that it gives them better orgasms. It's kind of like doing poppers. Um, and for some people, they who do it habitually, they describe this. Um, they get to a place where they start to have auditory hallucinations, even when they're not being choked. Mm. And it's very similar to some climbers get the same effect at high altitudes where they start to like hallucinate right. all this stuff because of or when you're on oxygen a bunch levels. of ecstasy and you're sitting in a bathtub with a shower on by yourself mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like that but it's i think scarier and weirder but you yeah, know no, that's fun from what <laughs> i understand but there was a lot of stuff in the vice article but also just anecdotal evidence sprinkled throughout all these articles that talked about for a lot of the people that got into it like it was like crack for them like they Mm. just couldn't really get enough and they knew that it would be dangerous and for a lot of it's it's predominantly men who are into it especially especially in the autoerotic area um a lot of it was like they didn't know why they liked it they didn't know why they started doing it but when they did they couldn't really stop and then like it was their dirty secret for a really long time like an addiction yeah exactly and it's you know and as somebody who's played around with this, although I don't think I fall within the disorder category, even having, like, a strong paraphilia for it, um, like, I get it, but I also, like, I get it once in a while, you know what I mean, it's like something fun, like, mix it up, but, uh, you know, to have to choke and stroke every time just seems like, I don't know, get old to me, but for these people, it does not, you know, so, um, let's see, oh god, this is how he's gonna die. Choke and stroke. Well, it's funny that you say that. So, obviously, death is a is a consequence of this activity mm-hmm. from time to time. And one of the things I read over and over again talked about 
there's it's hard to understand how many people die a year from this because a lot of families will clean up mm -hmm. the corpse once they find the person like that because they don't want to have the shame and stigma associated with their son generally who um, you know was doing this and then died from it so they rather have it look like a suicide than um, feel just yeah well you just kind of answer my other question is it mainly men it is mainly men and um, let's see. I know I have some stats in here somewhere, but I'll have to come back to those. Uh, the the study that I read, this one, um, current reports on autoerotic deaths, five persistent myths. They talk about that um, the original stats for the amount of deaths per year from autoerotic asphyxiation was 500 to 1,000 deaths. But that was based on, like, an old study that was kind of, like, not super well done. And for years, people just kept saying, ah, yeah, that's the number. We're good with that. We're never going to check it out again. Yeah. So after, like, 30 years of that being the number that we just went with, this woman did a new study. And she looked at the population uh, in Alberta, Canada from 1985 to 2009 and found that there was only 38 cases. Which means that there's a 0.2 to 0.5 cases per million people, which equates to about 62 to 156 people a year in the U.S. with a population of 313 million people. Mm. So do you think it's those are just the only people doing it, or those are the people who aren't smart while they're doing it? Well, these are the people that died. Yeah, right, but I mean, like, you know, I, I'm going to assume that there's more than that many people a year choking themselves while they jerk it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, well, right, <laughs> not everybody dies, that's the whole point. Well, I think there's, you know, I don't know, I'm sure there's yeah. precautions. Yeah, but this also, I mean, this is a study on the death specifically. This okay. is not a study on the population. They're just looking at death records and, and all the rest, trying to piece this together. Now, it was hilarious to me because in the article that sums up the academic article, they make some, like, crazy posturings about how most of the deaths occur during the summer months. Um, they think that maybe that's because people are more festive during the summer, spending more time <laughs> with friends and generally enjoying life more, which could lead to them feeling friskier than they do during the winter months. Now... If I was going to choke and stroke myself to death, I would think it would be in February. Like, yeah. that's when I would yeah. do When there's snow on the ground, you ain't got nowhere to yeah. go. Right, you just you, your You've belly, and jerked off time. four times, you know, like, I want to change it up a little bit. I'm a lonely. Right. But the thing that was interesting to me that I, I never really thought of was that I always think of, because I do this all the time, like, I don't know, out of habit or whatever. Like, <laughs> a lot of times when I take off my belt, I... Especially if I'm at somebody else's house. My house. Yeah, Ben's house, for you, example. You take that, your belt off one. Yeah, and then I'll wrap it around my neck. And I kind of like choke myself a little bit, but not in a sexy way. It's just like something to do. And I also don't want to lose my belt. It's a little bit sexy, but, yeah. you know, I'm not like fully whipping it out. And um, Only because I don't live alone. Yeah, and so whatever. The point of the story is that like when I think of sex and choking, it's either hands or it's a belt. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole range of instruments to choke yourself with while you're having sex, either with a partner or by yourself. You can use a bag, and you can use a string, you can use chemical inhalants, you can use, like, uh... inhalants. Yeah, there's, like, other drugs. There was, uh, chest compression, volatile solvents, Jeez. ligature, um, and then there was a bunch of other stuff I, I read about. But, like, yeah, there's, like, wild stuff. Like, you know, I just always think, you know, some people use ropes, some people use belts. Yeah, I always I would think you would just use a belt. Well, I remember I was watching this thing they were talking about like the safe way to choke your partner during sex, and it's not you don't put pressure on the windpipe. You just 
you hold the arteries. Yeah, well, that and that's where the primarily the the bonus sensation of choking comes from is the stopping the blood flow, not so much the airflow. So it's not necessarily. Well, yeah, I guess you already said, it, but it's not necessarily that they want the cutoff of oxygen to the brain. They more so like want to feel like they're actually might die. Well, it, and it really depends, and it's certainly a combination of all those things. It's like makes it exciting. Yeah. And um, the the article in Vice put it pretty well, where one of the guys they had interviewed, who was from some kind of like safer sex foundation in the fetish community, talked about basically it's like skydiving. Like you can't stop people from doing it, and it's inherently risky. But most of the time, it's not going to be fatal. But there are serious consequences that people should be aware of and educated about. And it feels like it should be obvious. If I cut off air to my brain, I can give myself brain damage. If I cut off air to my brain, I can have a heart attack and die. Or I can just, like, have brain death and die. Um, But when it becomes a disorder, a paraphilic disorder, you know, then you no longer really have a choice. Like, that's your method of Mm -hmm. sexual engagement. Mm -hmm. And so, especially if you do it alone, you're not going to necessarily always play it safe, and that's part of the charm. Yeah. It's like there's always this element of danger and possible death. See, I just always hired, uh, hired Miguel from Home Depot to like you know watch me and make sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. what they're there for. That is that is true. So, um, and to go back to that study to answer your question in regard to the men versus women. Now, this is obvious, or this is I apologize. This is no, it was the same study. 1974 to 1987, out of 117 cases, only one was female. <laughs> of the deaths. But that's not to say that women don't do it in an equal amount, but it's certainly not reported that way. It seems to be primarily men. And for the women that do do it, they almost only ever use um, a belt, a rope, or their hands. They don't use other stuff. They don't get as... Into it. Yeah, or, you know, just as crazy, really, as, as yeah. guys are. And, uh, I mean, when it comes to getting your thing off, you just, like, do whatever it takes, you know? Yeah, or, I've slammed it in a fridge. Yeah, I mean, slammed it in between the toilet seat and the, the bowl. Yeah. Uh, you know, just yeah. bam, 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 bam. And I'm not short, and I can still do it while standing up because it's long. Yeah, that is true. It's like a fruit by the foot. Yeah. Except for multiple feet. Yep. So, um, I'm just going to hit on a couple famous cases real quick. There's Peter Anthony Madu. Ah, you know what, that one's boring. Anyways, he's one of the earliest recorded deaths, but whatever. Lame. Sada Abe killed her lover, Kichizo Ishida. Um, they were basically... They were just screwing themselves to death anyways, but they got into sexing and choking and all the rest, mm-hmm. and then she choked him while he was like par- like kind of asleep, and then he died from it. And then she cut off his penis and his testicles and put them in her handbag and then just like kept going to other love motels and playing with his dismembered peen. That escalated quickly. Yeah, well, so... Did she mean to kill him? No. Um, The the couple is the subject of a movie by um, Oshima called In the Realm of the Senses, which is this incredible Japanese art film that's like all real sex, none of it's simulated. Yeah. And it's basically like two and a half hours of hot fucking candy and hardcore fucking. But like these, this guy leaves his wife and like runs away with his housemate essentially and they just like bang themselves to death and do nothing but bang until they're like withered, stinky skeletons and then... Uh, he dies in this choking accident, and then she just, like, keeps on, because she's so in love with him that, like, she can't live without his peen, 
and then eventually the police catch her, and she gets acquitted for, like, the murder and doesn't, like, get a serious sentence because people were so in love with her story and felt it to be, like, so ridiculously romantic, and she was such a, like, beautiful and kind woman that they're like, well, I can't wait to get that upset Can we about. get a copy of this movie? Yeah, I, I used to own it. I think I got it for Andrew, so... It's really good. It's like, I had to watch, I smoked, I don't know, 20 cigarettes while I watched it the first time by myself, and I started it downstairs in my parents' house, and uh, then they came home, and I was like, this, this, is, a, this is an upstairs movie. Yeah. It's a personal time. <laughs> so, uh, that's a classic case. Uh, Vaughn Bro- Bodie, who was the artist um, who did uh, those, god damn it, the Cheech something or other. Cheech and Chong? No. Um, they're like the... They're like kind of the like mushroom-looking dudes with like the droopy things and then these big titted chicks. Oh, I was looking at it earlier. I can't remember the name of it. I apologize to the listeners. I have no idea what you're talking about either. Okay. Cheech Wizard. Cheech Wizard? Cheech Wizard? That sounds like a... That does sound familiar. Oh! What do you think? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Vaughn Bodie, who did Cheech Wizard comics, he died from autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh. Michael Hutchins, um, the Australian singer-songwriter and member of the rock band NXS, oh, died yeah, from autoerotic asphyxiation. One. My father-in-law's favorite band. Oh. True. And uh, David Carradine died of autoerotic asphyxiation found in his motel room in Thailand. Who's, Choke, Choke, who's Choke. David Carradine? Who's David Carradine? Kung Fu? No, I, I don't Kill know. Bill? He, he was you an actor. Kill Bill? I've never seen Kill Bill. Ooh, we gotta watch Kill Bill. That movie... You know what? Not gonna start, because I love you. And I love you. I love both of you I guys. I love you, They're good movies. Yeah, I believe it. So, anyway, it's killed a few famous people. Um, I feel like there's more famous people, but uh, that's pretty much it. So, I don't know. I think it's a great hobby to get into if we you're going to do it. We formally endorse it. Well, so. I personally endorse autoerotic asphyxiation. Obviously, it can kill you, but so can fucking shooting heroin, so although but you should well, Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know Back up. Rewind. Back on that razor's edge, yeah. No, 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 no. Obviously, doing heroin is a habit-forming, life-changing drug. I don't recommend it unless you already hate yourself. No, I'm no. If you should, back up, back up, back up. Okay, so anyways, I... You know what? It doesn't matter. I'm gonna... We'll if you choke me, I will come. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I so... Like, I, you know, I like, you know, I like a little bit of choking during sex, you know? Sure. So, you know, just choke responsibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always yeah. choke responsibly. Have an exit strategy. <laughs> Always. Oh, God. Well... I'm horny. Great work, both of you. Mine is like... Yeah, no, no, fucking great. like great. hopscotch compared to what we just went through. Um, hopscotch is a lot of fun. Hopscotch is a lot of fun. Unless you amputate your legs. Well, okay, so legs. the reason I picked mine, um, I picked Alice in Wonderland syndrome. You ever heard of it? Yeah, we were actually discussing it. Were last you? Night. Yeah. Were you? What? Were, were you really talking about it last night? Talking about what? Alice, Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So I picked it because I was reading about a bunch of weird medical shit, and um, when I stumbled on this, I was like, holy shit, like, 
um, it's kind of weird. And I've been trying to find ways to explain it for, like, since I've been a kid. But, like, it's not that I have had instances with this. But, like, when I am in semi-relaxed states, um, meditation, about to fall asleep. Um, on acid. On acid. Um, sometimes in sexy situations. Like, um, in my... <laughs> So weird to no, 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 hold up, <laughs> hold up. Seriously, like this is this is completely another truth. You're describing something like I've gone through. Yeah. Where like you're lying there and you cannot envision the proportions of your own body. Yes. Okay. So it's not just yeah. It is. It is the weirdest phenomenon, and it, it happens in my own mind. That's the thing. It doesn't happen like. And Alice in Wonderland syndrome is different because it happens outside. But, like, I, if I'm in a semi-relaxed state, I will imagine in my mind that the proportions of my body are microscopic. And then all of a sudden they'll get super giant. And then all of a sudden they'll get super small. You'll disassociate what your body actually Yeah, exactly. And um, if, I, if I then start to try and get myself out of it and think about other stuff, like, that stuff becomes super large and super small and super disproportionate. And, like... So when I was reading about Alice in Wonderland Syndrome, I was like, I've kind of been trying to find the words to describe this my whole life because it's so weird to explain. Um, and it happens to me so frequently and it's so disorienting. Um, so much so that I'll be falling asleep and it'll start bothering me so much that I have to open my eyes and like look around the room and make sure everything's okay. Keeps you awake, you feel like you have a rush going over you. Yeah, my God, that makes me feel so good. So anyway. Alice in Wonderland syndrome is a little different because it manifests outside of you. It's a disorienting neuro neurophysiological condition that affects perception, right? So people experience distortion such as microphasia, macrophasia, pelophasia, and telophasia, which is seeing things smaller than they are, seeing things bigger than they are, seeing things as closer or nearer, or seeing things as super far away. Um, it can also occur in other sensory modalities, so like you can hear it... Um, I mean, you can, like, you see things differently, but you can also hear sounds, like, amplified. You can hear sounds super slowed down or really quiet. Um, and uh, it's, so it's associated with a bunch of other things. Like, most notably, it's associated with migraines. So when you get, like, a really bad migraine or a headache, you'll start to um, perceive things outside of you in a different way. It can also be associated with brain tumors, obviously, the use of drugs, like, and I feel like that goes without saying, but, um, and mononucleosis, like, at the very beginning stages of it, you'll have what's mono, What's mononucleosis? Um, mono. You never heard of kids getting mono? It's like, uh, I really can't describe oh, it. Oh, kissing well. disease. It's like, like uh, kissing disease, yeah. Strep throat plus? It's, yeah, it's like, I, I, oh, my sister pretended to have that for like a year. Well, Your spleen can burst. You do get it for like really long periods. No, I know. Supposedly it was super real and she actually had it. But I still <laughs> think it's fucking bullshit. Um, just like anxiety. Like, oh yeah, no, life's so hard. Mm -hmm. Fucking such a dick. Um, so, uh, so basically it's caused by abnormal amounts of electrical activity causing abnormal blood flow in parts of the brain that um, process visual perception and texture. Um, I got something texture. Did <laughs> um, that felt dick. Which makes me think, like, it honestly makes me think if the thing I experience when I'm falling asleep or I'm super relaxed, because this happens to me in meditation all the time, and it 
makes my meditation really tough because I have to open my eyes and like I can't focus. Um, if that really has to do with blood flow in my brain, which it probably does. Um, most common in childhood, people normally grow out of it by their teens. Um, I read a, an article on it in the New York Times where this woman, this woman was putting her kid to bed. She had a really bad headache and she said something like, um, something about the furniture being really small. And she like realized, holy shit, this used to happen to me when I was a kid. And she like went online and found out about it and then like started talking to her family members and like a bunch of her family members suffered from it too. So, uh, probably genetic in a lot of ways. Um, so Michael Huang, uh, uh, is a 17 year old that suffered from it. And this is, he's quoted as saying, He's nuts. <laughs> Quite suddenly, objects appear small and distant, or large and close. I feel as if I'm getting shorter and smaller, shrinking, and also the size of persons are not longer than my index finger. Which is like, so what happens to me? Like, things get so, so small that I, I can't... It's so weird. Like, I see them as microscopic beings, and then they balloon into really big stuff. Um... Sometimes I see the blind in the window or the television getting up and down or my leg and arm are swinging. I may hear the voices of people quite loud and close or faint and far. Occasionally I experience attacks of migraineous headache associated with eye redness, flashes of lights, and a feeling of giddiness. This guy's probably just doing a bunch of acid also, though. Yeah, could you imagine that happened during sex, though? You're, like, banging your girl and all of a sudden you're banging Tinkerbell. <laughs> And you're just like, now I, I, are well, you okay? Am I hurting you? And she's like, what are you talking about? You're like, you're smaller than my dick right now. This I, just sounds like an ass. This trip. happens to me. This does happen to me in sexy moments. Like, I'm saying it in the most PC way. But like, <laughs> like when I have my eyes closed in a situation like that, like I, it will totally distract me because all of a sudden... My really, legs are huge. Every, yeah, everything's really small. Everything's really big, and You're, I'm like, you are tall. I no, know. It's, it's it's different. It's super disassociative. It's so weird. It is. And it, it happened to me it's like way before like I had any had ever tried any drugs or anything. Yeah. Like, it's been happening to me since I was very since very I was young. A kid. Yeah. I can't remember anything before I started doing drugs. <laughs> well, that's. Sad, babe. That's not really. Yeah, that's not true. You told me stories. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Name one story. Um, <laughs> don't. It's all right. Um, so we'll talk about people that have it severely can experience a loss of time because the perception is so distorted. Distorted. So like, um, there are some cases where like somebody's moving really, really slow, but they perceive themselves as moving super, super fast. Um, so they're not really sure how much time is passing or what's going on. Um. Uh, so Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland, um, it's theorized, and it can't be proved, but he had really bad migraines, um, and went to a doctor for them, and even described some sensory things that, like, went along with these migraines, so it's, it's rumored that the scene in Alice in Wonderland was inspired by the shit, like, what? he had actually experienced. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's also known as Todd Syndrome. Um, Isn't it, like, super hardcore Catholic? I don't know. I wouldn't know that. Uh, I heard he wasn't. I heard he wasn't a great person. Yeah. But love me some Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Through the Looking Glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read probably four or five articles, and there was that same flow of information that you find in all the articles. So there isn't a ton of documented cases. Um, you know, it's not 
it's something that like um the New York Times article said that there were a few standalone cases, but most often Alice in Wonderland syndrome is associated with other medical disorders. So like it's more of a symptom than it is a standalone disease. Yeah. You're gonna have it with migraines, you're gonna have it with brain tumors. Um basically your brain is all fucked your up. Your brain's fucking up, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would be also in this day and age hard to get away from uh people who use drugs. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a disproportionate amount of people who have taken hallucinogenic drugs and they could describe symptoms like that yeah. even when they're not on the drugs. And, I mean, I, it was funny. I went to get glasses a year and a half ago, and I remember I was explaining to my doctor how at nighttime, sometimes when I'm talking to people, especially if they're, like, That's more than three or four feet, of, feet away, like, the their face will start to shift. Their features will, like, move around, kind of like a Picasso painting, and their hair will, like, change positions on their head like drastically like their scalp will move and the doctor was like yeah that's not your eyesight you need to go to see a neurologist <laughs> and I was like well I can't afford that like that seems special and expensive so well there is a thing where like if and they've done studies on it where if you stand in darkness with a mirror in front of you and you stare at your own reflection you'll actually start to hallucinate and oh, like your face will start to change. You absolutely, I used to, and I remember this from when I was a kid, I used to always sleep next to my mom in bed and she would fall asleep next to me with her face like toward me and I would stare at her face in the nighttime and it would, I would hallucinate all over it. <laughs> like it would, it, it would turn Are into these like reason? ghoulish, horrible things and I used to have to close my Damn eyes and I could help look again. Your mommy. Yeah, it was, it was really... Gary, no! <laughs> I just love my little girl. But yeah, I, I mean, I was, because I've been suffering with that dissociative stuff since I was a little girl, it's, um, it was really interesting to see that it's probably just some fucked up thing with my brain, but like, who doesn't have a fucked up brain, am I right? We all got our quirks. This is literally the first time I've ever talked about it with another person. I'm so happy you said something, though, because it's like you're describing it so perfectly. Like, it is... I have thought about bringing you up to a therapist before because it freaks me out so bad when it happens because I have no control over my brain. And it's just, like, physically unsettling to, like, think about things on such a microscopic level. I can't even explain it. But because well, it's it's not just like an envisionment of it. You actually feel you like feel you cannot it. control. It feels like you're morphing, and yeah. there'll be points where like I feel almost like I'm in a zero gravity state where like I'm flipping and turning, mm-hmm. and I cannot control the size of parts of my body, mm-hmm. and there's just like almost this disconnect from like my mind and my body, mm-hmm. but I can feel it. It's yeah, but I, I feel like, I mean, I would think that everybody on this planet has had moments where they don't feel in touch with their physical self and that things are distorted in one way or another. I mean, it's totally different. It's totally different in the sense that, like, it's something that's been happening to me since I've been. I understand a kid. that, but I'm saying, like, I don't think that it. I don't think everybody has it all the time. I think that everybody experiences those types of feelings. Like, all you have to do is wake up and not have enough sleep and you feel, like, weird and out of yourself. Like, right. I mean, that's a mild form of it. I, okay, you can disagree with me, but I think that I don't know any person that hasn't had weird experiences where, like, they felt like their body was not correct or their proportions or whatever it was was We're not trying to contest that. It's just, it's, we 
No, no, I know. I'm not trying to contest that at all. I think you're absolutely right. Like, obviously, people have gone through that, but I. It's so specific. It's such a specific feeling. It's such a specific thing that's been happening to me for so many years that it's like it's just it's less than like feeling a little wonky sometimes or like feeling out of body or not feeling right with myself. Like, it is a weird series of events that occurs in certain states every time so it's like it's so much more specific than what you're describing and i should probably do a little more outside research because it it feels like awesome wonderland syndrome of the fucking mind <laughs> like it only happens when i close my eyes so yeah no I, I guess like my point is that it's not the same thing but you could say i can understand that because i've had x experience mm -hmm. it's like i remember when i had to go get a mri of my uh gi tract because I have issues with that, and I was laying on the table, and like while I'm staring at this huge metal slab that I'm lying on, as I breathe, like I feel my limbs change like size and shape and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like it's a very distinct kind of a feeling, and I mean also I used to do a lot of drugs and all the rest, <laughs> but like I feel like I can relate because yeah. you know it sounds similar to what you experience, and it's not to say that I experience it every time I drink hydrobromide or whatever shit they have me drink. But oh God, that's so stuff. I didn't think it was that bad, but it was just like gave my made my poops white. But um, you know, point of the story is that I feel like most people can relate to. There are times where you feel like really out of whack with who you know what you're experiencing. It's not systemic or regular, mm -hmm. but you know, relatable. Yeah. Well, that's really it. It's also called Todd syndrome because it who was the fuck Todd. It's first. It was first. Um, you know, discovered by this Dr. Todd in, in England. Um, One D or two Ds? Two Ds. Knew it. Piece of shit. Fucking Todd. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was really interesting and um, definitely way more mild than the stuff you guys described tonight, but cool nonetheless. And, uh... Yeah. Sick. So, uh... Yeah. A good episode. Um, so you got any buys for us? Yeah, Vito Ben's best buys. Uh, one I wanted to talk about because it's something that, as the weather gets colder, I feel like experiencing again. Is a video game which I love, and it's probably one of the few games that I've played uh, multiple times in a short period of time. I'm just thinking about how funny it would be if, if you only did books. And you just went so hard on this is not a book review section, but then you just continued to do books. That made me laugh. Go ahead, video game. I, I wanted to do a comic book. But I <laughs> to so anyway, video game basically is a book on your TV. <laughs> well, this one I'm about to bring up pretty much is. It's called Until Dawn. Ooh. Um, Tell us about it. <clears throat> it's a game that Dick Fetty and I have beaten three times. At least. At least. Um... It was, I'm going to have to look up his name, because I honestly really, the, the one movie I've seen by him, I fucking hate it, um, but it was worked on and written by a gentleman, uh, Max Joseph? No, Max Power. No. Oh. Oh, wait, this is, this is not, no, Max Joseph, that's the guy from Catfish. That's Max. Looked up the wrong thing. Uh, I was typing catfish. No, 
No, I tried to type in We Are Still Here. Uh, Ted Geoghen. Gogan. And Larry uh, Fessenden? Fessenden? Fessenden. I don't know, wait. Larry Fessenden's the guy who plays a hunter in the game. Oh. With the flamethrower. Anyway, so the game is about all these childhood friends meeting back up uh, a few year, or a year? Was it a year after? Or a few years after? Anyway, yeah. um, the person... They're not childhood, college friends. Some of them are They grew up together. Not all of them. They're yeah, well, friends. okay, yeah. But anyway, not so... That. They used to have this um, rich white people retreat where they go up to uh, their friend's cabin on a mountain they owned. And uh, one night, um, they played a joke on... Uh, there's these twins. Uh, they were the sister... There was... The twin sisters and the brother who owned the cabin. Yes, they're identical twins. Oh, they don't look identical to me. One of them's definitely hotter. Well, uh, I mean, that's a sexy game. Anyway, yeah, so uh, and it, you know, it's anyway. I'll get to the story, and then I'll get to who's actually in the game. But um, so they decide to play a joke on one of the girls, um, Mike, the uh, men of all men. Um, he decides to help them play this joke by stating to one of the sisters that he's in love with her, leaves a little note for her, and to meet her in the bedroom. So she comes in, and they're all hiding under the bed, waiting to play this prank on her, and videotape her, and take pictures, and That's she flashes Mike, and they all jump out, and she's like, oh my god, no, you guys are dicks! And then runs off into the snowy woods on this mountain. She doesn't seem very sensible at the time. No. Gets spooked, and, uh... Gets dead. Yeah, they, they both fall down a mountain. So, years later, uh, or, they, or they a year later. Referring to her twin sister who goes after her. Yes. And uh, a, a year or a few years later. It's a year. It's a year later? Okay. Um, they all decide to meet back up and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, mend things. And the whole game is like decision making and QTE events, which. Sounds like it could be really boring, but the characters are very well written. Now, well, um, I don't know. Some of the characters are well written. Some of the characters are fucking assholes. You can't wait to see die. Which makes it even better. Yeah. Although to get the good ending, you have to make sure nobody dies, and it's some of them hard. you just want to push off a cliff, and you can. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so what? It's Larry Fessenden. So he worked. He also worked on a movie called We Are Still Here, which I fucking hate. <laughs> it's gotten good reviews. The acting's terrible. Some of the cinematography is okay. I'm not here to stand on a soapbox and talk about this <coughs> movie. I'm here to talk about this game. So anyway, um, from there on, craziness ensues. There's a supposed. There's a. Wait, 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 wait. They're not gonna give any spoilers. Away. No, no. Like you're already. They like some strange things happen. There's a killer. Anyway, <laughs> the game's about lasting until dawn, and it's great. And it actually has some like decently famous people who play the characters. Um, Hayden Panettera is plays one of the main characters. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, Samantha, who is smart, foxy, and strong. Yeah. There's. Um, I like Jess. We'll, oh, uh, we'll get to Jess. There's uh, and they're all modeled after the actual people. Yeah, mm, that's cool. There's uh, Peter Stormar, who's pretty famous. He's always that like weird, creepy, uh, foreign dude and things. He's been in a lot of stuff. We're not gonna get into it. Uh, Rami Malik, Malik, the guy from uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Um, Brett Dalton, who's Mike. 
Yeah. Mike! Mike! You gotta play the game with us, mm -hmm. you'll love it. Yeah, so this is the kind of game that, like, honestly, unlike most video games, is better with a whole group of people. And you assign everybody one character. When that character uh, turn comes up, basically, to play, when it's their portion of the story, have that one person play that character. Let them make all their own decisions. It makes it so much more fun. Mm -hmm. We went back and forth. We each had our own, like, special characters that we got to pick. And, uh... It was really, really good time. And you do get invested because some of the characters are like so lovable and you're just mm -hmm. like, especially Mike, want to see him do well. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always go like, what do you want to do for Mike? Or anybody else. Jess has a rough time. Yeah. So there's uh, Megan Martin, who plays Jess. Mm. There's uh, Galadriel Steinman, who plays Ashley. Mm-hmm. Some of these people are more famous than others, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Noah Fleece, who plays Christopher. Nicole Bloom, who plays en Emily. And Jordan Fisher, who plays Matthew. And that, yeah, they are identical twins because they're both played by the same chick. Ah. Ella Lentini plays both Hannah and Beth, who are the twin females. And the, it's visually, the game's really good. Frank and I were play When we first started playing it, we were seriously spooked out because... Um, the controls aren't the best because it's not an, an action game. So, you know, sometimes you have to walk, you, you don't run. There's a lot of camera problems. Yeah, you don't run, you walk very slowly through everything. And at one point we're walking through this darkened hallway because the power's out, and a clock goes off, and we both scream like little girls, and my wife comes out of our bedroom and goes, are you guys okay? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, we're fine. We're just totally spooked. But, um, you know, the game, I believe, is... You can get it pretty cheap um, from GameStop right now for pre-owned. I definitely recommend it, and it has immediate uh, replay value um, because you want to know all the different things you can do in it. Mm -hmm. And um, there are branching paths. You know, I play a lot of games that have quote-unquote decisions, and this is one of the ones where um, certain decisions you make will actually affect outcomes in the game. Yeah. So um, I yeah. definitely highly rate it. We should play it again. You should play it with us because that game is good, especially when it gets cold out and yeah. snow and it's just super crazy. Yeah. I'm down. That and it's fun. like two, three nights of like a couple hours each and you can beat the game. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. It's very it's very movie-like. Yeah. The acting is fantastic. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm down for it. I definitely recommend it. That is Beardo Ben's Best Buy of the Week. Beautiful. Great. Thanks, Ben. Well, that's all the time we have for you and all the attention I'm willing to dedicate to this fucking travesty of a podcast. So. <laughs> this is the man who will totally sit on my lap right after this is done. Fuck you. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us tonight, and stay tuned for some cool shit next week. Haven't figured it out yet, but I'm sure it's going to be cool. Later, nerds. Later, Later nerds. nerds.